0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music, and
1: more.
2: Layla penetrating on George. George with a block! Cardoso with the offensive rebound. Gore says no! Brazil has to foul. Test knows it. She gallops to the rim and puts it in and puts this puppy
0: to
1: bed. The Opals have secured a win against Brazil in their first Olympic qualifier which means they are one step closer to booking their ticket to Paris. That means veteran Lauren Jackson is in line to head to her fifth Olympic Games. She has teammates in this squad who weren't even born when she made her Olympic debut. And speaking of the next generation, the Australian under 19 men's cricket team is through to the ICC World Cup final and they're set to to face India once again. Today, we are looking to the future. I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily. The Australian Opals are one step closer to securing their ticket to the Paris Olympics after beating Brazil in their first qualifier, 60-55. to Megan Hustlwate is a basketball journalist and Megan, this game had it all. It had a loud Brazilian crowd, it had a close finish, it had a cat on court at one point. There's the cat. It came in and went. <laughs> How about the footwork from the cat? Right? <laughs> How did the Opals look as a team in this qualifier?
0: Well, it was an interesting game for the Opals to get underway because they were playing Brazil, the host country, for this qualifying tournament. And as expected, the home crowd brought the colour and the noise and the emotion. It's getting really quiet as she shoots the free throw. But when she makes it... The crowd roars. (laughs) Brazil rode that momentum from the crowd because they were down by as many as 14 points, but came back into the game in the second half and led Australia by three points late in the piece.
1: First
2: lead of the game for Brazil. They were down by as many as
1: 14.
0: So... It really went down to the wire, but Australia's experience and also the way they defended Brazil certainly helped them get over the line, and they're now a step closer to Paris as they head into two more tough games to round out this tournament.
2: Paisal's not going to get it off. That is a terrific defensive possession
1: by the open. I can't not ask you about Lauren Jackson. She is in line for her fifth Olympic Games appearance if they qualify. She's won four Olympic medals and the only one she's missing from the set is of course gold. What is the 42-year-old bringing on court to this group?
0: Well she brings experience, winning experience as an individual and a player and she is Australia's greatest ever basketballer so this career 2.0 continues and it's incredible. She played just a tick under eight and a half minutes today. She had three points, three rebounds and an assist. I guess you sparingly, it was great to see her subbed into the game early. As
2: Tolo picks up two quick fouls here early in the game. That brings Lauren Jackson off the
0: bench. And I think that was really important for her, for her body and for the Opals to just get her into the rotations, particularly against Brazil and try and take some of the heat out of the game. She just brings so much experience, as I said, and and a real aura and intimidating presence. She's not an intimidating person, but I think because <laughs> of her basketball CV and, and being the GOAT, that's what she certainly brings. So she's a huge trump card for Australia. It will be interesting to see how she is used in the next two games. I really like this old school, Lauren Jackson with the new school, Cordoza going at it back and forth, defense and offense. I really love to see the two different generations of basketball on the court right now. There's a day off tomorrow across the tournament and then back-to-back games on Sunday and Monday. So across the board, it's going to be really interesting to see how the players are managed and Lauren Jackson at 42 years of age, how she's managed in her minutes heading into the final two fixtures.
1: So it's probably no secret that Jackson's at one end of her career. Talk to me about who's at the other end. Who is at the beginning of their Opals career, that next generation? Who are we watching rise through the ranks in this Opals team? Well,
0: Izzy Borlase makes her Opals senior debut at this tournament. She didn't hit the court today. She's 19 years old, so it's remarkable to think that when Lauren Jackson was winning a silver medal with the Opals in (laughs) Athens in 2004, Izzy Borlase was born just 12 days later and now they're Australian teammates at 42 years old and 19 years old. So great to see Izzy's form in the WNBL rewarded with selection in this Opals team. Jade Melbourne played today. She's 21 years old and last season was the youngest player in the WNBA. She had some minutes as well in this game. And then Izzy Magbagor is still in her early 20s, but she's achieved it all. She's won a WNBA championship. She's had success in Europe. She's won a WNBL title. And she was Australia's best performed player today with 18 points and seven rebounds. And she's played a lot of games for Australia.
2: Magbagor, great play by her.
0: Great move, great rear, She's just a smart player. Even by this young age, but I think today was her most influential game and and she looked fantastic. So that was great to see and, and very bright signs for
1: the Opals. You've mentioned quite a few of these players who were playing in the WNBA. There are eight Aussies in that tournament, plus coach Sandy Brondello, who's leading New York Liberty. How important is exposure to that sort of top system playing against the top players when we get to the Olympics in Paris?
0: Yeah, it's super important. The USA haven't lost uh, a game for 18 years at this level. They are an absolute powerhouse, although they had a, a super shock this morning and, and came from behind to beat Belgium on the buzzer. But the fact that our players play with and against them in the WNBA and Sandy Brondello coaches some of the best, like Brianna Stewart, who um, had that buzzer beater for the US today, I think is huge. But the other thing is that women's basketball has come such a long way. The world has has caught up with what for a long time has been the USA and Australia as one and two um, when it comes to the podiums. And Australia is doing what they do best. They're cheering for each other. They're knocking down their shots and uh, they're playing as a team. So we've seen Japan win silver at Tokyo. China's had amazing success at the World Cup and Asia Cup over the last 12 months. Teams throughout Europe have just improved out of sight. So the fact that we've got so many Australians, actually more than ever in 2023-24, playing in Europe is huge because the best of the best play in Europe, WNBA players and players from around the world, and the European game is more conducive to the game at FIBA level. So that's a huge thing for us as well, a huge positive that we've got Australians playing throughout Europe and also the WNBA. And an appropriate way to end the
2: game for Australia, a defensive stand because it was defence that got them their first win here in Brazil and they're one step closer to Paris in 2024.
1: Megan Hussweight, we've crossed our fingers that the Opals get another win in this qualifying stage and make their way to the Olympics. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks, Poppy, and go the Opals. For the second time in a matter of months, Australia will take on India in a World Cup final. This time, it's the Under-19s World Cup and they almost didn't make it. Louis Cameron writes for cricket.com.au and has been covering the Under-19s tournament. Louis, Pakistan put up a good fight in that semi-final. Tell me about the nail-biting finish in South Africa overnight.
2: It was a cracking game, Poppy, and yeah, just watching it was. I mean, you could tell these guys knew that for some of them, it's going to be the biggest games of their lives. I mean, they hope that you know they go on and, and play some bigger cricket. But particularly the way Pakistan approached it with the ball, they're only defending 179, so they they definitely misfired on a on a pretty good pitch with their batters. But they just kept kind of kept taking wickets. Uh, Harry Dixon, a really good prospect, made a nice half century. Oliver Peak, uh, another Victorian. Uh, made forty nine, but then a fifteen year old Ali Raza came on and and took four for, left them really shaking there kind of towards the end, and then it was uh, Raph McMillan and and Callum Vidler who got him over the line. Two of the guys you wouldn't really expect to or you wouldn't want to be relying on to <laughs> to win you too many games with the bat, but they got home. A bit of luck. It was a French cut past leg stump. A bit of drama as well because uh, Pakistan were a bit slow in their over rate, and one of the penalties that the ICC have brought in for that is. Uh, you have to have an extra fielder up inside the circle. So the person they actually brought up uh, was Fine Leg, and that was where the the boundary got hit too.
0: Yeah, Fine Leg came up, yeah. and now Fine Leg has to chase. Obenshaw's after it. He doesn't get it, and only the coolest heads prevail here in Benoni in most important innings by Raph McMillan sends Australia into the final.
1: I want to talk about one player in particular, Tom Straker, a.k.a. the Monster Truck. He took six wickets in that semi-final, 12 wickets across the tournament as a whole. How impressive is this kid?
2: Yeah, well, I'd love to be able to tell you why he's called the Monster Truck. I don't know, and I'm hoping to interview (laughs) him later today and and find out maybe it's uh, the way he bowls, you know, big, big hair, um, (laughs) impressive, imposing presence. He's
0: settling under it. The catch is taken, and Straker... Mr. Truck, he gets the breakthrough.
2: Really interesting kind of story. I mean, he's uh, he's from Steve Smith's club in Sutherland, uh, in in Sydney. Hadn't been in the team for actually the game leading in against uh, against the West Indies, and they've uh, they dropped one of their other bowlers. He's come in and and just bowled beautifully. I think four of the six wickets he took were. Were left-handers, and he actually said on the broadcast when he got interviewed that he hates bowling to left-handers. So (laughs) um, that might be something working in his favour going forward. uh, I think it was the best figures in a final or a semi of an Under-19 World Cup since Kagiso Rabada took six for twenty-five, and uh, we all know how good he's uh, gone on to become one of the best fast bowlers, you know, really of all times. Six for Striker, only the
0: fourth player to get a five. Wicket Hall, this is six in the semi-final.
1: They line up against India in the final and not for the first time in recent memory either. What are you expecting from this matchup between sort of two of Cricket's really big hitters?
2: Yeah, well, they had a really tense semi-final win as well. They were four for thirty two against South Africa who were, um, obviously hosting the tournament and uh, chasing 244, and they look kind of dead and buried. And their batting all tournament has been uh, has been incredible. I think they've made over 250 uh, in all the games where they batted first. And uh, a guy called Sachin Dust, thats a pretty uh, good name for a for an Indian batsman—came uh, in and kind of got him over the line. India win it. A lovely strike to end the contest. So Sachin Mushir Khan and Uday uh, Saharan, their skipper, are the three leading run scorers in the tournament. So that's what Australia had to kind of come up against. Uh, and then they've got a pretty good left arm spinner called Soami Panday, who has been likened a bit to uh, Ravindra Jajaja. He's an excellent fielder and a left arm spinner but i think for australia they're going to have to back their bowling i mean strake is one of them but also marley beardman who's a a right arm quick from western australia and a couple of the other guys to to really be able to can you know compete with um the indian top order and yeah i mean how, how good is it to have a rematch of australia versus india and i guess they'll be hoping they can replicate what the uh what the senior men team did at Ahmedabad a few months ago
1: We love a bit of next-gen action, and it's no secret that the Australian cricket team isn't exactly full of youth at the moment, both openers in their 30s, that incredible bowling quartet also all in their 30s. When you look at this under-19s team, they're the generational equivalent of the great-grandchildren of the current senior team, if you can kind of map that out on a family tree. How well-placed do you think this team and this group of players is to eventually step into that senior national team?
2: I hate to temper expectations around this kind of stuff. And as good as they are, and I do think they are capable of winning it, cricket is funny. Like, it takes a long time for, for players, especially the men, probably less so in, in the women's side of things. But the boys take a long time to become men, if you want to put it that way. You look at Cameron Green, who's 24 at the moment. It You know, he's just starting to blossom as, a, as an international cricketer. Normally, it takes to your mid-20s, even your late 20s, where you're really becoming a, a fully-fledged international cricketer. These guys are 17, 18, 19. It's going to be a while before I think we see many of them. I mean, some of them are pretty impressive already. Harry Dixon has been around the mark for Melbourne Renegades game last season. And even Sam Constance has, has played a bit of first class cricket already for New South Wales. But cricket's a funny one. You just got to be patient. It takes a long time with these guys.
1: The final takes place Sunday night, Australian time. Louis Cameron, thanks so much for joining us today. No worries, Poppy. Sound bites and Taylor Swift has been the talk of the Super Bowl, not as the halftime entertainment, that's Usher, but of course as the girlfriend of Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. One reporter may have taken Swift fever a little too far at a recent press conference with Kelsey, and if I have to listen to it, so do you. I, I was wondering if you can help
0: me complete this lyric here.
1: Karma is the guy on the...
0: Chiefs, of
1: course. Finish it. Coming straight... What's the second question? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Umpires and referees have a tough job and sometimes they're just not in the right position to get the right call. That's what happened in the Knicks Lakers matchup earlier this week when New York's Josh Hart was called for a pushing foul. There's no way you can see that. Unless you have X-ray vision. Now I'm gonna sit here and say, I pushed him. Another great call! You don't always get that kind of honesty, and it's refreshing. And the Matildas announced their squad for their Olympic qualifiers this week, and how did they do it? In the cutest way possible. Are you ready?
2: Yes. Carla. Maka. Michelle.
1: Mama. Papa Gobi. Go chili. The Chili's media team deserve a raise. I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Declan Byrne. Thanks to the ICC, FIBA, the NBA, the Matildas and Katrina Gorey's daughter Harper. Always thank you to Harper. Discover more great ABC podcasts,
0: live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.